Meet your Thunderbolts. The Thunderbolts? Are they the exciting new heroes the world needs? Thunderbolts, strike! Today makes at least half a dozen times the Thunderbolts have done the job we used to depend on the Avengers for. It allowed us to move among you, disguising who we really are. The Masters of Evil! In what is now becoming an old story, the Thunderbolts once again save the city. Enough of this hero talk. You will do as you're told. But... He's right. You may be wearing a Songbird costume, but underneath you're just screaming me. I can expose all of you right now. So you see, you really have no choice. You know what? We're done playing these parts. It's time to live these parts. No one betrays Zemo. Figures, just when we go in on this hero thing, our blood runs out. Avengers, Defenders, Thunderbolts, I make any team better. We're Norman Osborn's A-team, and he's the big man in charge now. This isn't the team I used to lead. You, honey, are under arrest. You have to fight for what's right every single day, bulletproof skin or not. The Thunderbolts have worked hard to change people's minds about us, but apparently we've got a ways to go. Hey folks, and welcome back to Justice, not entirely dissimilar to Lightning, the Thunderbolts podcast. Uh, I'm Mike, I'll be your host tonight, and joining me tonight are... This is Derek! I am here! This is Justin. Excellent. So this is this is kind of a milestone episode, I mean, like in terms of at least of the uh, main Thunderbolts issue we're talking about. We're talking about Thunderbolts 12... Uh, the conclusion to the first year of stories and like kind of kind of the conclusion to the first era of Thunderbolts. And uh, this is a pretty like I'd say important issue. It's a, it was a issue I very much looked forward to, like when I was like buying them off the stands. And, uh, you know, it, it's a fairly epic issue. So what I, I will do is I'll read all the info. I wrote a brief synopsis for it. And the synopsis kind of misses a lot of finer details, but like, you know, we'll probably get into that. But Thunderbolts number 12 uh, with a cover date of March 1998. Uh, writer, of course, is Kurt Busick, penciler Mark Bagley. A staggering four inkers on this uh, Vince Russell, Scott Hanna, Larry uh, Malstead, and Greg Adams. Uh, colors by Joe Roses, and letters by Richard Starkings and Dan- Dave Lamphere. Oh, and the editor is Tom Brevoort. And uh, the title of this story is Endgame. Thunderbolts Endgame. And there's no time travel in it. It's just a regular Endgame. The the kind we used to have before all the fancy time travel stuff. All right, so... Baron Zemo, with his biomodem, has enslaved most of the world. And the Avengers and Fantastic Four as well. The remaining T-Bolts await their execution... And Zemo prepares to finally rid himself of the meddlesome little girl, Jolt. Suddenly, Atlas changes sides again and chaos erupts, allowing the T-Bolts to escape Zemo's superhero army. The Human Torch and Quicksilver manage to catch up with them, but the influence of the Biomodem dulls their abilities and allows the T-Bolts to best them. After escaping Zemo's now techno-integrated satellite, Mach 1 uses his knowledge of the Avengers files to find a suitable sanctuary in space for them to temporarily nest in. Jolt is in the midst of convincing the others that they have to go back and stop Zemo when Iron Man suddenly appears before them. Thinking he's under Zemo's control, the T-Bolts have a brisk battle with the Golden Avenger before realizing he's acting of his own free will. Iron Man admits that his mind has been taken control of too many times in the past and will be in the future, and he has new safeguards in his armor to prevent it this time. Iron Man and the team form an uneasy alliance to face Zemo and come up with a plan to free the other heroes from his mind control. The others reflect in angst while Iron Man and Mach 1 come up with a device for their plan. Aboard Zemo's space station, he attempts a moment of closure with the brainwashed Captain America, reflecting on their long history and his grudge. He ultimately decides to kill Captain America by flushing him out an airlock, but before he can, the T-Bolts return to attack. Reaching the hangar where the other brainwashed heroes are kept, they use Iron Man's device to jam the biomodem signal and awaken the Avengers and Fantastic Four. The T-Bolts then stage a diversion by attacking the dazed superheroes and starting a brawl on the hangar, which Iron Man plays a part in. With tech 
Techno distracted by the battle, Moonstone and Jolt break off to find the biomodem itself and break it, although Jolt runs into Captain America along the way. Thankfully, Iron Man gets Jolt by him with a quote-unquote stray blast, and the battle in the hangar continues. Moonstone confronts Zemo and utterly mauls him, breaking his jaw and ribs and telling him that his plan sucked. She's halted by Techno, but she plays mind games with him and distracts his control of the satellite. Meanwhile, Jolt smashes the biomodem, and Mr. Fantastic catches on that Techno is no longer fully in control. Using Reed's knowledge of the satellite, the heroes smash through to Techno's brain, now entwined in the station's core, and Scarlet Witch uses a hex bolt to scramble it. Techno loses control of the station and it begins to collapse. Atlas encounters a gravely wounded Zemo who guilt trips him into helping his former leader to an escape pod. The Avengers and Fantastic Four manage to survive the station's destruction when Mr. Fantastic encapsulates them all in an air- airtight spear shape, but their oxygen is threatening to run out. Thankfully, the T-Bolts rescue them, and the three teams thereafter convene to discuss the former villains' fates. Although the T-Bolts ultimately agree to face justice for their crimes, they are unexpectedly teleported away by an unknown force. The Avengers and Fantastic Four are left to wonder, has the world seen the last of the Thunderbolts? Spoilers, no. So yeah, that's issue 12, the anniver- kind of like the anniversary issue and the conclusion to the first year of stories. And yeah, this was like a big deal to me because I think I mentioned like last time, like, you know, I got issues 10 and 11 like as a package deal and like 12 was pretty much like the next new issue, like in line, like that, like when I was like all caught up. So like, I was really looking forward to this and I, I don't think it disappoints. Like I have a lot of nostalgia and fondness for this issue. And it's, it's just, I think it's just a good classic, like, you know, Marvel, like, you know, anniversary beat em up, like brawl fight in a, like a good conclusion to a storyline. So like, what, what are your guys's like history with this issue? Well, you know, I again, I was I was reading these as they were coming out and everything, but this is this is clearly the climax of of the story, right? Like this is this is what everything's been leading up to. They they've had their identities revealed to the world. Zemo's made his move to take over the world, and now he's got everybody mind controlled and on his side. So you've got this little, you know, ragtag group that's that's kind of desperate. They're they're almost fleeing in terror but the the two things that mainly turn it around is jolt and then the i guess the the added advantage that you know iron man is also snuck aboard there with their group and he was not mind controlled and he's on their side and that kind of turns the whole tide of everything but yeah i mean this is it kind of delivers on what was promised, I think, because, you know, like a lot of these, they have these kind of stunning conclusions and, you know, oh, no, everybody's mind controlled, but yet they don't actually fight. You know what I mean? Like, so it's 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 they they escape. But then when they come back, they kind of come up with this kind of ninth hour plan or whatever you know what i mean like where it's like, I don't know, like, I guess if you think about it too hard, you're kind of like, wait, so the plan is we release the good guys, but then we fight with them, you know, and you're just kind of like, well, I get why they're doing what they're doing, but, and, and I also kind of get from a storytelling perspective or, or at least maybe a, I, I, I don't know if I'd call it a storytelling perspective, but maybe, maybe from a, you know, your owed, you know, like, like you were promised a fight between the Avengers and the FF and the Thunderbolts, and they're still going to give it to you anyway, even though it's it, it it's kind of not, you know, it's it's like you had to put everything in quotes, you know, like Iron Man, you know, accidentally blasts by Cap, you know, but it's like no, this is all part of the 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 Machiavellian, you know, structure of their, you know, their their long term ploy and everything like that. So, I mean, the issue itself is fun. I mean, you know, there's there's a lot of fun references. There's the reference to Samarabrin Station, you know, from from you know it's Egghead Station. And then that there was the issue with Jocasta where she goes up and like tells this guy 
this guy tells the station that's like sentient you know it's like oh stop simping over me like what why are you being a stupid you know Hal 2000 or whatever and it's like marry me Jocasta I don't know anyway so so there's like fun references to that and because you know Abe's been reading all the Avengers files and stuff like that which you know will lead into our historical issue but since he's been reading all the Avengers files he he knows all the references and everything that are being made by the writer and stuff and then they can they can take refuge in that station I really like all the kind of inner monologues after they they make their escape you know kind of like everybody's kind of sitting there wondering you know Abe's working with with Iron Man and and he's kind of having thoughts where he's like could I really go back to being a a criminal like he's like I don't think I could do that you know and and of course you know Melissa's having the same kind of thoughts like what's going to happen to me now and all this kind of stuff and I, I think the person who who gets the most page time with that is is eric jostin because he's like look no matter what i do i'm gonna betray somebody you know he's like either i betray zemo who saved my life or i betray you know dallas or i betray you know jolt and the team and you know he's like one way or the other no matter what i decide to do no matter what i end up doing now I'm, i'm gonna end up you know betraying somebody right so he's got all that kind of inner turmoil and everything and those are all kind of nice character beats and moments for all of them and and i guess even jolt has it too right like she's got her own little narration box where she's like i got nowhere else to go you know type thing and i guess the uh the 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 airlock thing you know like that that whole like zemo gets a couple pages where he gets the monologue too but like that's that's pretty awesome you know it's like step into the airlock you know but then he's like He's like, this feels oddly unsatisfactory, you know, like, like I, I thought I was going to beat the shit out of you. But but instead, I'm just making you, you know, march to your death, like which doesn't it's not as gratifying for whatever reason. You know, I like when uh, when Ben Grimm gets pissed because when, when they release everybody and they're having the it's funny because it's not really a fake fight, but it's like it's it's a fight on purpose that's serving as a distraction for, you know, them finding, you know, the MacGuffin that's going to, you know, save save the whole, you know, the bio, whatever MacGuffin it is that's going to, you know, stop all this nonsense from going on, right? And so, so of course, the FF and the Avengers are actually fighting with the Thunderbolts, but I thought it was a nice touch. Like, it, it's not, again, it, it's one of those things where the characters don't just have random dialogue that could be interspersed with any... It's not like what Ben Grimm is saying could be applied to any of the characters, especially any of the Avengers, because he's specifically referring to Four Freedoms Plaza, you know, and he's kind of pissed that, you know, he's like, well, I I would be living there again, but you guys blew it up, you know, type thing, and that's why he's knocking the crap out of Atlas and everything like that. Um, I... Man, because meteorite, like she'll beat the shit out of Zemo, you know, like, and then, and then, what, what was cool was, you know, they have those awesome three panels where after he gets that beat down, he kind of is, you know, limping away and he's leaning on the wall and he smears the blood on the wall as a trail as he kind of stumbles off and everything like that. There's some cool bits with techno, you know, he's he's kind of he's he's almost like pulling a you know, eradicator brainiac thing, you know, like he, he's becoming like the, the head ship, you know, uh, cause his own head is like the, the ship and everything like that. And, you know, I, I know we've had this discussion before, but I, I think it's interesting that meteorite still tries to distract him, you know, with her, her sexual allure, because if techno was really kind of over that scene, I, I don't think that would have made him, trip up so much you know so i i think techno doth protest too much because he's actually unnerved by uh meteorite doing her you know gyrations and jiggles and all that bullshit you know so i you know overall i think it's a it's a really it's a fun issue it is the climax of of this first arc as you say you know so so it, it definitely delivers 
Um, and you know, there's there's all kinds of characters. It's a lot of fun. I don't know. Maybe maybe that's why there were so many inkers, right? Because there was so much stuff going on, and they needed a bunch of people to to get it out on time or something like that. Maybe you know, once Bagley finished all the pencils, you know, they were sending off. You know, here you do. You know, you do five pages. You do five pages. You do five pages, and and we'll get this all out on time. But yeah, I, I enjoyed it a lot. What of you, Justin? I believe this was the start of me having a hard time picking up the book month to month. Um, 10 and 11 and all the other issues I believe I was getting from my local Dalton books in the mall. 12, I, I'm pretty sure I had to go to my local comic shop and get. And I think thereafter, it was really hit or miss. Like sometimes I would find the issue at uh, Dalton's and sometimes I'd have to go to you know, a comic shop or, you know, some dude at the flea market, if he had, like, current issues, like, I'd have to get it from him. And this went on until, I don't know, somewhere in the 30s, I think. And I just kind of gave up because I had, like, these these big gaps in my collection, and it seemed like it was just getting harder to, to find the issues. And I, eventually, I think Dalton's just dropped Thunderbolts for whatever reasons. Uh, but anyway, I like this issue, but I don't know. Have you ever read or watch something and you have an image in your mind of how you think it's going to play out and then when that doesn't happen you're somewhat disappointed like that's kind of how i felt about this like the tv show dexter like i had my own thoughts as to how that that series would end and when it didn't end the way i thought it would i thought it was disappointing which that whole final season is disappointing but that's that's another subject um i didn't think this scenario was disappointing i just thought it was an odd an odd step to take to have all the heroes be mind zonked and under zemo's control i mean like it, it makes sense for zemo he has to have some kind of ace of a sleeve in order to you know to get away from the heroes or to to have something that, to have something over their head, right? I just imagined it was something else, like not mind control. My mind control, it kind of feels like that. It's like a classic comic book cliche. It's like, aha, well, I I was under you know so and so's thrall the entire time. So you know, like it, you know, I wasn't myself. You know, Zemo was making me do this. I I, I think I just had my own little scenario in my head that when the Avengers and Fantastic Four came back like they're gonna be pissed like the thunderbolts they're living in the fantastic force headquarters they've got the avengers files they've been pretending to be heroes i just imagined i know i think i imagined them being hunted down one by one and you know separated and being forced to live on their own wits for a while or something i don't know i don't remember exactly what i had in my mind for what was going to go down but when it shifted into this, you know, what the biomodem thing, I just thought that was really, really weird. But anyway, uh, I mean, it's it what it's been over twenty years, so I, I'm, I'm over my disappointment in that. I, I, you know, rereading these issues, it all makes you know step by step logical sense. I like it. I, you know, I still dig the artwork and everything. There are a lot of great moments, like Derek pointed out. Um, we've talked about this before, but you know, anytime there's like a, you know, an editor's asterisk and it's like, oh, see Avengers number 28 or or see these other issues of Avengers or see this, you know. And if you're a fan and you know those issues, like it's a great reference because you're like, oh, yeah, I remember that issue. Like that was wacky doodle. Or if you never read Captain America getting beat by the Beatles, you're like, holy crap, like wh- what? When, like, when, the- when, when did that happen? Let me yeah. go read it. Yeah. Like like that, you're like, oh man, I wanna like you know, you probably don't have, you know, seventy five hundred dollars or whatever to spend on a mint <laughs> mint condition to Avengers twenty eight, but maybe you can find a you know, a ratty comic. Maybe you can find like a kind of ratty get it, get it, get it. well a lot of the ways I read old issues of Avengers was I had the masterworks. So that, too. that was that was my that was my go-to. Was you know, I, I, it's funny that you mentioned that because some people say, "Well, what good is a footnote going to do you, right?" But it's like for us, like there, there, there were ways. Like either there were reprints or there were 
collected editions or something. So you know, like that. That I still think that's a, a valid tool. And you know what? In the in the long run, even now, like it's still a good frame of reference, right? Like you can you can look at that one panel and go, oh. Well, let me let me look at those issues, you know, if I haven't read them or whatever, and I can go reread those or or read them for the first time and kind of go, oh yeah, like I I, I don't think I had ever read the uh, the issue with Jocasta before, so I I went and read that and I thought that was you know I was like oh that's that was a cool little issue you know some Gene Colan I think art and and you know it was kind of fun like it didn't have much to do with you know anything other than the satellite but i mean it's still it it was it was fun right and and you feel like you've expanded your you know your avengers horizons or whatever right so yeah yeah that, that's one of the things i always loved about kurt Busiek was all the continuity porn and i mean he could have easily made up some it's like oh zemo prepared for this day and he built his own satellite secretly like he could have did that but instead like he just you know he just looked at continuity and was like, you know, this satellite was, was established in this issue, and it showed up maybe two or three more times, and it's no one's ever used it, so I'm going to bring it back. And I'm like, I think that's really cool. Like, I wish more yeah. writers were conscious and aware of this stuff instead of just, like, you know, creating stuff out of thin air sometimes, it feels like. Oh, and, I don't know, the one thing that does still bug me about this issue, and it's a minor nitpick, but... um. The Wasp has a really weird costume, and I don't think I've ever seen it in any other comic. Like, like if you've seen it in another issue of some other comic, like, let me know. But I just, I mean, I like the Wasp, and, you know, she she's the Wasp. She has, like, a bajillion costumes and everything that she's designed herself, and some are better than others. But I, this one always just stood out to me as being really odd, and I don't think it ever showed up again, as far as I know. Yeah, it almost looks kind of like like the wasp is like moonlighting as the taskmaster or something. I don't know, you know, like 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 it's a, it's like she's wearing taskmaster colors or something for whatever reason. But yeah, I can't. I I mean, I don't know. I'm looking at it. I can't. I can't think of anything where that. I mean, not not like I'm a wasp costume expert, but you know, <laughs> I, it's just like I, as a quick glance, I'm just kind of like, you know what? I don't. I don't remember that costume showing up anywhere else but you know so what what about what about you mike like like w was there like that kind of you know anticipatory reaction like were you like super pleased with this like were, were you in the stages of your fandom where you were really big into iron man was like him kind of taking a role in the i guess the turnaround for these characters was that something that was like Cool. Yeah, this this was pretty formative and in, in you know so cementing my you know love of Iron Man too because like I think when I, I I I wrote an article like years and years ago about my favorite T bolt stories and this was like one of them and like I think I wrote like uh this is kind of like Bruce Tim Batman Justice League fan aura for iron man like mm. like that all the avengers got taken down but like iron man's the one who like you know managed to like you know survive and like you know against it's iron man and like all the other guys against the world kind of so like yeah definitely this really worked for me like i, I really like that first panel of him like on the satellite like after he reveals himself to them like bagley draws the shit out of that like i think that's a great like yeah, yeah. shot yeah, so, like, I was really happy to see, you know, Iron Man be the one to, like, you know, team up with them and stuff. And you, you know me, like, when a character I respect and like, like, gives the nod of approval, basically, like, that means, like, you're good as gold. Like, so, like, when Iron Man's like, you know what, you know, these Thunderbolt guys are not so bad. Like, maybe there's something to them. Then I'm like, yeah, there, there is. Iron Man's right. Like, you know, like. So like that's like that that really means a lot to me and uh, yeah otherwise like like you said Derek like there are so there are a ton of good scenes in this that I really like like Moonstone yeah beating the shit out of Zemo like I think that's a great scene like, so sometimes you wonder how these people like legit you know, you know it's like that thing of like how many times can Batman be knocked unconscious like after a while you're like dude wouldn't you have brain damage and it's like it's like that thing of the, the descriptions it's like two of Zemo's incisors turned to powder. Like, 
her his yeah. jaw turns to glass, his ribs crumple. Like you, you're like Jesus. How 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 does this dude stay alive? You know, it's crazy sometimes. Yeah. I mean, it also during this period, like it makes total sense that Iron Man is the one guy who doesn't get mind songs because of the whole the crossing. That was a huge debacle. Yeah, then, that's mm. that's that's, then, that's what I. I said too, like, and and it won't. I was like, it, it won't be the last time you get, you know, mind controlled either. Like in the future yeah. too. So, yeah. and then I mean, they they you know, they give you the annotation, but the whole like, uh, was it Morgan Le Fay who mind sunked everyone into like oh, being right, the Middle right, Age right. Avengers, and yeah. they had to break out of that mind zonking and rise up against her, and that was, you know, that was just recent as far as uh, yeah, yeah. They were concerned. So it, it makes total sense in this instance for Iron Man to be the one guy. Although I kind of, you know, it, it's like they say in the dialogue, it's like, oh, you think Cap would have withstood it too, but, you know. Uh. One thing I, I liked for, for Atlas, for Eric Jostin, like, they they point out, like, that, and, and, and they do it, you know, it's like, it's funny, it's, expos, it's expository dialogue, right? But, but it's in the middle of a fight, and it's like, you almost don't even notice it, but it's, it's a nice touch where he's like, look, like, you may be giant man, but, like, I've been a soldier, so it's like, not only am I, you know, not only do we have equivalent powers, but I'm more of a skilled fighter than you will ever be, so, you know, basically, I'm a you know, I'm a military trained giant man. You know what I mean? So like I, I thought that was kind of a cool touch, you know. And I, I do also love that scene of Captain America and Zemo or Zemo talking to like the oh, yeah. mind on Captain America. Like that's you know, he's kind of like, you know, it's just kind of funny because he's like, you know, I let go of my grudge, you know, and we were going to be cool, but now that I have your hair, we are not cool. Like you know, like <laughs> It's just almost like that, you know. Since I have you here, step into the airlock. <laughs> you know, it's just like. <laughs> but yeah, well, uh, another little bit I do like from Iron Man when uh when the T bolts attack him and he was like, "Look, you guys might have been cool as the Thundercats or the Thunderbirds <laughs> or whatever." <laughs> the Thundercats. Uh... Thunderbolts. Is it is it me like did they change meteorite's costume because this costume's easier to draw? Like that that's what I always Absolutely. feel like. When they, that that that's what I always feel like when people get this is like you, you know what this is and and you know whatever I'm biased but th- this is the jack of hearts costume upgrade where people are like you know what I'm tired of drawing this shitty fucking costume. It's too detailed. Like, I'm going to create a new costume, and guess what? It's not going to be as detailed. You know why? Because it's easier to fucking draw. That's this why. Is, this is Akira Toriyama deciding to not draw Goku's symbol on his back anymore. Because it's <laughs> just not, yeah, it's just it's not, easier. It's not happening. Yeah. It's, it's easier without the symbol. It's like, you know what? That that Joey Quesada, he made that Azrael costume super detailed. Well, guess what? Now, now Jean Paul, you're gonna be in a black jumpsuit, and you're just gonna run around, and like that's it. It's like, oh, okay. You know why? Because it's easier to fucking draw for Jibaparo, because Jibaparo doesn't want to draw that fucking well, on, suit. And anymore. honestly, like I, I kind of like this one better. I, I guess the question would be, like, which one do you want as a Marvel legend? But probably this one, yeah. Like, a, well, out of all the ones, she's worn a lot of them over like T bolts, and I mean, they made a costume of her like Warren Ellis era, uh, like costume. But right. like, uh, I'm trying. Like, uh, if if I had to pick a, I guess you know, like since they're making all the classic guys, it might have to be the first costume just for a like unified look, but. I mean, I, I'd pick this one probably, like uh, if I had my like choice of anyone. Well, there's probably less tooling involved in this one too. Yeah, uh, there's less stuff sticking out of her. Yeah. Except the obvious things. Boing. Boing. So yeah, I, I totally think Techno doth protest too much because it's like all she does is like yeah stand there and you know say gee whiz you can't you know whoop whoop yeah. anymore and then all of a sudden he's like <laughs> you know 
I always also liked that whole like meltdown techno has, and I think I mentioned it on oh, a previous oh, like, episode yeah, where they're like, Maggie. yeah, when they're, they're yeah when he's like, uh, you know, well, why is Mentallo like higher on your uh, on the Interpol wanted list than you? And he's like, he's not, he's not like I like. Like he's it's almost like he goes like all like Fredo there. Like he's like, I'm smart. Like I'm smart. I know things too. What is it? It's like I know it was you, Fredo. You know, I know it was you, Techno. Yeah. Yeah. I also like, you know. Mach one's like fanboyism sorta like reading like the Avengers case files and like you know that's that's how Busick gets all his like continuity nods in basically where yeah. like kind of want or he's like oh like I know this place and I know that place and remember that time I beat Captain America boy that was cool like you know th- th- this this also gives a lot of the the members of the team not not just Atlas but a lot of the members of the team you know, good showings against long-established characters, but you don't... I, I don't know. I, I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I don't necessarily feel like, like you know, the characters get pwned or they get, ooh! You know, like, like it's, it's, it's like there's that moment where, you know, Songbird is going after Reed and Sue, and Sue's like, well, I got my force field up, and she's like, well, you know, I can hear you between the force field so my powers work behind your force field and then she you know does the mallet to her head or whatever and it's like you know probably you know sue won't fall for that trick again but at least in this instance it it all seemed fairly reasonable and didn't seem like you know something dumb where it's like oh i'm i'm sue storm you know like it, it didn't seem stupid but but they did they did get some nice wins on on some of these, uh, e- even though it was kind of a lopsided fight, they still, you know, put up a good fight and put up a good show and everything yeah, like that. Yeah, most of know? them put up a good showing, and I mean, most of them got, you know, most of them were taken, you know, Atlas can beat down Giant Man, but he can't beat down Thor and the Thing, so I mean, yeah, most yeah. of them, and I mean, and the Scarlet Witch is going to fry the Beetle with one hit, so I mean, that that all makes sense to me, basically, yeah. so. Yeah, and, and, and again, going back to what you were saying about maybe, you know, Iron Man spending time with the Thunderbolts, working with them, and then legitimizing them, you know, th- that's one character who's willing to sort of, you know, at least in this instance, stick up for the the team members that helped in the fight against Zemo, but it, it's not necessarily, th- that's not uniform it's it's not like you can put his dialogue in every character's balloon right because you know cap i think is willing to kind of you know as long as it's by the letter of the law he he's deferring to tony's judgment but you've got people like you know ben grimm's still pissed you know and and the wasp is kind of like dude no they they beat the shit out of jarvis like they did all this nasty shit like we're not gonna put up with this shit you know so there is that internal kind of turmoil over it and the person that makes the most sense and and probably is again uh, you know early foreshadowing but the person that makes the most sense for him to kind of stick up for the thunderbolts is hawkeye and he does so it's not like you know again you know that's my common complaint about a lot of you know i don't know bendis comics but you know like that that the balloons can be you know, interchangeable. I mean, I suppose it's true of older comics, too, sometimes. You know, like, people always make that complaint about, like, you know, Gardner Fox Justice Leagues, too. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, Aquaman or Superman or Green Lantern saying, like, stop in the name of the law! You know, they can all fucking say that, right? And it, I guess, makes sense, right? So, so not just to point fingers, but in this case, it, it does seem like everybody has very character-specific dialogue and it seems like the people that are for the Thunderbolts, it makes sense in terms of the story. And the people that are, are still not so ready to forgive and forget, you know, that also makes sense. What did you guys think of, like, the art in this issue? Because, yeah, there are four inkers. And I, I do think, like, it's kind of noticeable. Like, the art is a little more polished in certain pages than it is in others. So maybe it depends on who, like, had to fill in quickly or whatever. Like, I mean, like some of those like pages, like I said, that Iron Man reveal, like that's a good money like page. And 
like some, but some of them, I, I, I can't think of any specific examples, but some of them do look a little like scratchier than others. Do they give a, a page breakdown of who did what somewhere? I don't think so. I think they hmm. just listed the t- the four anchors and that's it. Interesting. I mean, uh, I don't know. May, I wonder if, because it's not in alphabetical order, so I'm assuming Vince Russell did the early pages and then Scott Hanna does some of the pages, you know, the, the, the second half. And then Larry Malstat and Greg Adams do the the back half. I mean, if if I had to put my finger on it, I'd say I'd say probably you know the pages that I think look the best, which I'm gonna guess is that Iron Man money shot. And I could be wrong because we don't have a page breakdown, but I'm just gonna go out on a limb and guess that's Scott Hanna. And then and then the other pages, like like you said, some of them look different from like to me the the differences i notice are this is is when when you get into it and you look at i don't know let's see it's like the first i don't know maybe six or seven pages you know are probably vince russell then when you get to like eight or nine and you keep going into that iron man splash kind of then, then all that stuff looks pretty decent. Um, I think after the airlock, the Zemo airlock is probably when it changes again. So then I'm I'm guessing that's a different, you know, different inker after that. And then maybe I don't know, maybe after the 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 Thor giant man fight and the captain america splash then i think it changes again so but i don't know i you know i could be wrong it could be that they're spread out because you know the 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 meteorite beatdown looks pretty good but i don't necessarily think it's the same inker as some of the other folks i guess i guess the the main thing to say is the you know regardless of the different inking teams the the pencils hold up pretty well you know what i mean they they, they keep it as consistent yeah as, the, the, the book looks so. like has a unified look at least i just yeah. kind of noticed like you know reading this issue dozens of times over the years like you know you start to say "Ooh, that like panel doesn't look as good like yeah i, feel, yeah, I, I mean there, there, there's you can tell the difference definitely yeah I feel like like maybe Bagley like aside from that one money shot like Bagley doesn't always draw Iron Man's like faceplate like completely I feel like on model like especially in like far away shots so sometimes it's like you know it looks a little pointier like he, he's got the pointy faceplate but sometimes it looks like you know they're they're friggin horns and sometimes it's just very slightly pronounced yeah I mean I I I guess you know ultimately I kind of see to to me, I I guess you know, one of his more frequent collaborators is Scott Hanna. So Hanna. So I I'm thinking like that's probably the 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 best pages in this book. You know, which I I think are kind of in the early second. I don't know if you split it into fours. You know, it's it's in the second part of four. I guess you know. But yeah, I mean, like I said, this issue means a lot to me, and like I think I. It, it used to be an issue I would take to breakfast or dinner and, like, you know, get something I'd like to eat. Like, you know, make my mom would make dinner or whatever, and, like, I'd have a big bowl of whatever, and I'd read this issue. Like, because, like, I knew I'd be, like, engaged, and like, for a long time, like, when eating, like, at the same time, so... So, yeah, like I, I, maybe nostalgia uh, blinds me in this case, but I like I can barely find fault with this issue. I mean, I, I like I said, it, it was a climax. It was something that I think they were building towards. So, I mean, outside of you know something like what Justin mentioned, if if you had a different set of expectations for where the story was going, I mean, the, the you know to me it's it. It delivered on the promise of 
at some point the identities were going to be revealed and at some point that would lead to a confrontation with the returned heroes right and that's that's kind of i think at least what was what was promised and and then here it it's delivered upon right i mean the the, the only thing i could you know and it's like they to, in order to keep the story moving right they 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 get teleported away at the end you know so i mean that that to me is the only kind of uh get out of jail card that's in this you know literally you know story right it's like oh okay we're we're not all going to go face trial and you know do our time and then maybe reform it's like no we're we're going to go off and have adventures cuz we're not going to slow down the narrative of this book it, it's not all going to be uh you know what's his face justice going to prison and the new warriors and slow down everything you know it's like they're gonna go have adventures so but yeah i i i enjoyed it great any any final thoughts or you want to move on to our historical portion yeah let's let's go on to the historical book ladies and gentlemen boys and girls hold your breath make a wish count to three come with me and you'll see a world that's filled with Beatlemania hey everybody this is Tim one of the co-hosts of Beatlemania the Blue Beetle podcast along with my co-host Jay we're going to be bringing you everything Blue Beetle from the Golden Age adventures of Dan Garrett to the Silver Age adventures of a different Dan Garrett to the more recent adventures of Ted Cord and Jaime Reyes. Trust us, we're keeping it blue on the SNG Podcast Network. So, uh, there, there's quite a bit of references in here, but I figured what everybody desperately want to know is when the fuck did the Beatle beat up Captain America? So, I picked for our historical issue Avengers 28 and it has a cover date of May 1966 and it was on sale March 10th 1966 the cover price was a whopping 12 cents uh, so uh, you could get two of these and Professor Allen would be totally cool with it uh, the editor was Stan Lee the writer was Stanley, so there you go. Um, penciler Don Heck, inker Frank Giacoya, letterer Artie Semek, and the cover was by Jack Kirby. The story is Among Us Walks a Goliath. So here is a hopefully short and sweet synopsis. Henry Pym calls upon the Avengers, telling them that the Wasp has been missing since her escape from Atuma. With no other choice, Pym reveals to the Kooky Quartet that he is Giant Man, so they will quickly come to his aid. Meanwhile, miles away, we see the Wasp has been captured by the Collector. With one Avenger already in his collection, he plans to collect them all. Gotta catch them all. The Collector thinks to send the Beetle after them, but then orders the Beetle to stand guard over the Wasp instead. Hawkeye returns with Pym to Stark's mansion by rocket jet. The Collector then radios the Avengers, daring them to come rescue the Wasp. By happenstance, the Scarlet Witch presents Hank with a brand new costume she'd been sewing in the hopes that he might return to the team. Along with the new costume, he takes the new codename, Goliath. The Avengers enter the Collector's lair and are doused with sleeping gas. They wake to find themselves captured, but Goliath grows to giant size and releases the other Avengers. While Cap, Scarlet Witch, and Hawkeye battle the Beetle, Goliath and Quicksilver face the Collector and his Jack and the Beanstalk giants. Ultimately, Goliath forces the Collector to reveal the Wasp is contained within a tiny vial in his robe and Quicksilver snatches the vial away from the Collector at super speed, rescuing the Wasp. The Collector is forced to use his temporal assimilator to escape along with the Beetle. The Scarlet Witch uses her hex power to release the Wasp from the Collector's vial, but the strain on Hank Pym staying at Goliath's size for so long has taken its toll, and he collapses, stuck 
at 10 feet tall. Dun, dun, dun. And that pretty much is what happens in Avengers 28. Now, I, I mean, it, it doesn't have too much to do with the synopsis, but there, there's definitely the passage where, you know, Beetle is, is taking on, like, Cap and Hawkeye and Scarlet Witch and everything like that, and there's, there's some, some fisticuffs and back and forth and everything, and then there's a panel where, you know, Beetle's dragging Cap, an unconscious Cap, to the Collector. So, I mean, clearly that's his... You know, this is his money moment. This is his, uh, you know, if he was on the superhero showdown, people would be, uh, people would be posting this panel going, look, this is the time the Beatle beat the shit out of Captain America. And that's why he's a Spider-Man villains, because Spider-Man is in the 10 ton class and all this other kind of stuff. So that's, that's uh, what you got going on here. Um, I, I really like the cover on this. I love the Jack Kirby cover. I'm I'm not like Mr. Don Heck or anything. Like I I don't I don't necessarily think this is like the bee's knees when it comes to art. It's not bad. It's just it's not it's not kind of my jam or whatever. Um I thought it was interesting like like I was trying to figure out and I don't know if maybe you guys know the answer to this or not, but it's like Beetle is kind of like the collector's henchman in this and and it's it's almost like he's a part of his collection in some weird way and they do escape together in this but i don't ever remember seeing the collector and beetle operate in this capacity ever again i don't know do, do you guys I guess, I guess abe got the po the uh, antidote to the obedience potion yeah <laughs> i guess like i i don't know if they ever wrote a story about that or what but i, I if they did i'm not familiar with it because i think I think after this he like fights Daredevil and he you know he fights Spider-Man and stuff like that and I don't I don't feel like there was any mention of like hey me and the collector uh, escaped and then I said later for you Jack you know like I don't I don't think there was like a flashback or a you know carryover and like sometimes there are like sometimes if you look at like the Marvel continuity and it's like you know you've got um guys falling out of planes and exploding and then you realize oh no they, they actually had a parachute or what have you right like but you know I, I i don't know that i am familiar with with if this was ever sort of uh if they're the end of their alliance was ever you know explained yeah i'd be interested in seeing if that's ever mentioned again but I don't know, like, I, this is one of those issues where, like, and I, I, I do respect, like, you know, the early, like, Stanley stuff or whatever, but this is one of those issues, like, you could point to when you, you say, like, oh, that some of that old stuff was really, like, hokum and silly and shit. Like, I, I don't know, there's, there's a lot of, uh, it's, there's not a lot of subtlety in this, I guess, is the best way to put it. Like, like I said, like, you know, the, the Beetle, the Beetle is only working for, the collector because he he has a thought bubble where he's like oh like i i gotta do what the collector says otherwise he'll never give me the antidote to the obedience spray he like doused me with and i'm like obedience spray like come on man like, like i mean he he is the collector i mean yeah he, he probably has it right next to his shark repellent bat spray and all the yeah, other stuff right i mean his well, cape is a flying carpet and like i i don't know like but... Which is worse, obedience spray or biomodem? I mean, to me, they're both the same gimmick, right? Yeah, yeah, more or less. It's just it's it just sounds less like subtle, I guess, or less. Well, but, that, but that's the that's the thing, though. Like, uh, probably at this time, obedience spray was just like radiation, right? Everybody was radioactive, and now we know that that's hokum and ridiculous, right? Because you die of radiation. So now all of a sudden, everything's freaking genetics. I mean, they're 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 always gonna you know, kind of tweak whatever nonsense they say. But it's like, you know, biomodem is just as much Star Trek techno babble as obedient spray. But obedient spray is a little more, you know, Adam West camp techno babble, I guess, than Star Trek techno babble. But ultimately, they, they both do the same thing, yeah. Of course, in this, I guess, uh, Pim knows some judo and karate, which yeah. he, he may, I guess he forgot when he was fighting... Um, those friggin yeah i know right well when he was fighting those friggin jack and the beanstalk giants or whatever like but 
I don't has know. Labs, like, has yeah. Lab. Get on that. Yeah, the Jack, Jack and the Beanstalk. Beanstalk the Jack and the Beanstalk, like leather daddies or something, because they were like beating him with like leather straps or something. We need $400 Jack and the Beanstalk uh, giant Marvel Legends. Yeah, that's what we need, exactly. The ending made me laugh, too. Like, you know, it is like, he's 10 feet tall. He's a freak. Like, he'll never live a normal life. Like, <laughs> that's why that's my avatar is like the very tall man from the simpsons he's like, do you find something comical about my appearance when i'm driving my automobile yeah everyone needs to drive a vehicle even the very tall this was the largest auto that i could afford should i therefore be made the subject of fun i guess so well, it... <laughs> Would you like it if I laughed at your misfortune? Huh? Maybe we should find out. <clears throat> now, march. Hey, everybody, look at this. It's that boy who laughs at everyone. Let's laugh at him. <laughs> so what, what, what are your thoughts on this issue, Justin? I think it's fun. I haven't read this in a very, very long time. Um, I'll go to bat for Don Heck. Um, like, if you look at this issue and look at some of his uh, older work, like his Journey in the Mystery or Tales of mm. Suspense, like, he's he's improved a lot. Like, I, I mean, I, I respect the guy, but if you look at some of those early Tales of Suspense issues, like, they're pretty rough and some of them are even primitive but if, if you look at this you'll see just how far he's came and then you know this to me some of his standout stuff is like those early issues of captain marvel he did like so those mm-hmm. are those are really good so i i always appreciated him and i always appreciated the evolution of his art style uh this this is a you know as you said a classic cover i mean that's that's one yeah. of those comics that when i had in my collection i was like oh man like that's that's so awesome. Like, that should be a poster. And also, this, I believe this is the end of the Kooky Quartet. Like, Goliath, you know, as he is dubbed in this issue, joins the team, and then Janet will later join him. So, the Kooky Quartet lasts for, what, 11 or 12 issues? And yeah. it ends here, and it was a ride. <laughs> I'm sure someone in a, a certain mindset would poo-poo the whole you know, the whole notion of, oh, well, of course the girl on the team makes the new costume, but reading it, you know, I, I just kind of like chuckled at it, but I'm I'm sure someone else would be like, oh my gosh, and, you know, write a thesis about it or something. But it's fine. It was, it was 19, what, 1966, so whatever. You know, does she have more agency if she hexed it into being instead <laughs> of sewed it? I mean, I don't know. I also like, uh, like, <laughs> Like Lee taking a shot at himself, where when when Hank Pym takes his new code name and he's like, like I shall be called Goliath now because Giant Man was always kind of corny to me, like you know. <laughs> well, what do you think of this whole notion, like getting to see these moments where people like sort of reveal their identities to other heroes? Where I guess the notion being like if you if you get involved and start reading Avengers comics in a certain era. You, you, a lot of the times, at least when I was reading comics, you know, in the 80s and everything, like, by then, everybody knew who everybody was, and it wasn't like this big shockeroo or whatever, but this this has this kind of key moment where, you know, Quicksilver's like, oh, some guy named Hank Pym's calling us up, like, who the hell is this guy, you know, and, and then it's like, okay, well, let's talk to him, and then it's like, and then he's like, look, I'm Giant Man, guys, and they're like, oh, you're Giant Man, okay, well, come on over, you know, and it's like, that's I guess to, to me, it's it's kind of cool to see those moments because I think sometimes, like when you when you come in the middle of a story, you kind of you know basically you, you, unless like we're saying you you read the back issues, you find the reprints, or you get the collected editions. You you don't often see the moment where you know it's like Tony Stark and Don Blake hang out together and they discern that each one is Iron Man and the mighty Thor, you know, like, like you don't necessarily get to see those moments and everything. So that, that to me was kind of fun. And that's something that even lingers until like, uh, 
was it the 80s when they had that issue where like you know the wasp dates tony stark and it's at that moment in that issue where she's like holy crap like tony stark is iron man this guy i've been like you know working with for years like holy cow like that you know remnants of this whole like identity thing even linger until then and it just yeah sometimes you kind of forget like who knows what about what character or or who knows what about each other on their on the team well i mean yeah and there's definitely that initiative to like pretend like marvel characters never had secret identities or something or 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 to wipe them out right like to say oh well no nobody has a secret identity those are dumb only dc has secret identities and it's like well no clearly like that was a superhero trope for a long time and 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 all of these marvel characters had that same trope too so it's not like it's not like it was just you know some something that you know nobody had to deal with you know that it was always a part of the the story and the narrative and everything i think it's kind of sad stuff like that's fallen away because it's it's stuff like that that leads you to like captain america becoming a police officer which i, I always thought was a great idea and I, I i really like that whole era of you know steve rogers working on the police force and it's like here he is he's on the police force and he's like having to take like orders and he's like having to like he's having like a sergeant yell at him and you're and it, as a reader you're like dude this guy's yelling at captain america like and you know steve being who he is like he's not gonna like back talk this guy or anything because you know he's 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 like what sergeant or corporal Steve Rogers on the police force. Like he's not gonna be like you need to shut up, Mister, because I'm actually <laughs> Captain America. Like no, that's not gonna happen. Like that's mm-hmm. you know you you don't get stuff like that today. There's also that that fun. I mean, you know, like you said, this is I mean the official end of the kooky quartet. But there's still that you know the fun banter and everything. And even even Goliath is kind of like, hey, what? what's up with this guy, Hawkeye? He's always, like, talking shit. And it's like, I like how Cap's like, you'll get used to him, Hank. Every group has its little sunbeam. He's ours. You know, like, and I was like, oh, okay, that's pretty funny, you know? You know, it's weird, because, like, people who are only familiar with, like, the MCU, it's like, this Hawkeye would be totally alien to them, basically. Mm. Because, like, I'm always fond of, like, telling people, like, you know, Hawkeye kind of started out as, like, the Wolverine of, like, the Avengers, kind of. Like, he was yeah, the one who yeah. was always getting in Cap's face. Yeah. You know, he was the one who was always, like, going off on his own, like, hitting on Scarlet Witch, like, you know, taking down enemies that were way above his power level with just, mm-hmm. like, you know, his attitude and a bow and arrow. So, yeah. like so. You, you, know, you know what I liked about this issue, too, is, and it, not, not that they knew this was coming anytime soon. It's not like... Stanley had a crystal ball and knew he was going to be referencing like West Coast Avengers or whatever. But like, I like that Hawkeye has those ambitions to lead the Avengers even as far back as this issue, where it's like, you know, what, basically it's like, what's up, Hawkeye's butt? And then, but it's like they kind of tell you like, what's up, Hawkeye's butt? Because it's like he's like, well, I was hoping with the, uh, you know you know, Mr. Cap out of the way, I would lead the team. But now that uh, one of the founding members is back, there's no fucking way that's going to happen. What a load of shit, you know? Like, and that's, <laughs> it's like, it's like, that's basically like what's going on in his head, right? And you're like, oh, well, there was always that, that drive or, or passion or whatever you want to call it, that, that ambition to, 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 to lead a group of heroes, you know, whether it was going to be the Avengers, the Kooky Quartet, or, you know, what it ultimately ended up being, you know, the West Coast team and then the Thunderbolts. And that's why, you know, old school grumpy old men fans like us get mad when they make Hawkeye series where it's like, oh, ha, 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 what a dumb jerk. He's never led a team in his life or whatever the, the new Hawkeye book, you know, we don't care about the Thunderbolts or what, you know, it's like, I, I don't know. I always... I always get grumpy about that or like shit like that with like Nightwing where I'm like, dude, the best Nightwing's ever been is when he's led the fucking Titans. And the reason why is because that's why he's better than Batman because Batman sucks at that shit because he's a fucking jerk, you know, <laughs> it's like Dick Grayson isn't, you know, so I don't know. It's just like one of those things. And and then with this, I mean, it's a bit of a character arc for Hawkeye because he, he can't. He can't be the leader that he grows into if he stays being the that guy, you know, the 
the guy who's trying to, you know, poke people, you know, every five minutes and kind of get under their skin. You know, he has to kind of evolve and, and grow out of that, you know, kind of like an Arthur Burgess thing. You know, eventually Hawkeye wakes up one day and is like, this shit isn't fun anymore. I want to do something else now, you know, like type thing or whatever. Derek, you should commission someone to do a splash page of Nightwing and his his uh, balloon says, Professor Batman is a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> I do love how, like, you know, not even 10 or 20 years later, like, the Beatle is treated as, like, a joke. But here's, he's, like, you know, he's the, the collector's enforcer. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, back then they took pretty much every supervillain as a, like, serious threat. The Beatles kind of like, you know, these suction fingertips make me, like, more the equal of any man on Earth. Like, you know, <laughs> like, it, it gives me peerless power, you know, and stuff like that. So, like, like I love that. I do love that shit where it's like, it's like the Beatle, like, uh, the fearsome, the fearsome, most fearsome villain of, of them all. Like, hey, don't make me suction cup your face, asshole, you know, like... <laughs> Like, yeah, I think Cap even makes, (laughs) Cap even makes, like, the comparison. It's like, it's like fighting a human tank or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, again, I kind of like that because it's like, you you know, I I think you were complaining, you know, when we were talking about, like, other villain breakouts and, like, certain characters that probably, you know, Molten Man or Electro, guys that go head-to-head with Spider-Man, and it's like, well, should they really be getting, like, one-punched, you know? And it's like, in, in this instance, you know, Beetle is definitely not going to just get a one-punch, and then that's the end of him. It's like, he's, he, you know, he's an obstacle, to be sure, and in some cases, they don't actually triumph over that obstacle. Kicks Captain America's ass! He does. He's got that claim to fame. He, he beats up Captain America. You could argue the stone wall beat up Captain America, too, I suppose. But, you know, <laughs> it's like it's like the suction cups Captain America's face. And like the narration is like, you know, like Captain America's incisors shatter, like, you know, like his ribs <laughs> turn to dust, like under the Beatles blows. He sucks out Captain America's fillings. Captain America's one weakness Gloved suction fingers. <laughs> the collector's like, I just had the the beetle around to un to unclog my toilets. But yeah, I am interested in looking up to see if you know they ever addressed if the beetle like you know got free of this or they just. Yeah, I mean, I, I I tried to do a little digging, but the the next the next appearance he has after this is in Daredevil, and they they make zero reference to him being a a collector henchman or whatever. He's just, you know, I mean, the Daredevil is much more grounded. It's just kind of like they're they're on a caper, and the beetle is the you know the lead villain in a heist gang you know what i mean like so it's like there's no it there's not even any flashback to like oh remember when i parted ways with the collector and he's like later for you suction cuppy you know like it, there's nothing that at least not in the daredevil so I, I don't know if they make reference to it in any other stories but i i've yet to find it if they do well, yeah, this is I had never read this before, so like it like I, I'm glad I did, like because I I'd always been curious, like when did he beat Captain America? And I know the note was there, but I never like looked into it. But I mean, yeah, like I, I maybe I wasn't in the right mood for this, but I'm just kind of like, oh yeah, this is kind of like hokey early Avengers stuff. But well, I mean, you know, the, 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 to 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 be fair, it's not like there's not hokey bits in it, right? But I think, I think, you know, the the balance is kind of what what Justin is saying. It's also fun, you know what I mean. So it's like, I mean, yeah, you know, you you could you could easily be not hokey, but you're a fucking miserable piece <laughs> of crap, right? Like, so yeah. it's like at least at least this is fun, right? Like, I mean, it makes me like crack up is like the last age where they're all freaking out about Goliath being stuck at ten feet, and they're like, like I think even. Like, like I pity this man or something. Like, I'm like, holy shit, dude! It's not that bad. Like, <laughs> they're Hawkeye's all just like, jealous. He's doomed to be a, like, like Hawkeye's so dramatic. He's like, he's they're, stuck they're all... all. He's doomed to be a freak. 
They're, they're all just jealous because Goliath has the biggest junk in the room. <laughs> yeah, yep. that must be it. <sighs> I think he's stuck like, in Oh, Jan, it sounds so awful for. <laughs> I think he's stuck in this form for several issues, at least four or five. But it memory serves. <laughs> It's like Hawkeye's like loading an arrow. They're like, Hawkeye, what are you doing? He's like, I can't bear to see him like this. Like, <laughs> look away. Like, I gotta put the freak out of his misery. No, Hawkeye, no. Awesome. It was the largest costume Wanda could sew me. I therefore remain the subject of fun. <laughs> the very tall man. I feel like at some point. Beetle and Diamondback had a conversation, and he's like, "You know what, Cap's one weakness is suction." And she was like, "Hmm, don't do that." By coincidence, that's also my weakness, Justin. <laughs> so that's it for today's episode, Derek. Why don't you tell people where they can find us? Uh, if you have any comments, questions, and or concerns, uh, you can email us at fanholespodcast at gmail.com. If you want to check out the backlog of episodes for Justice Not Entirely Dissimilar to Lightning, a Thunderbolts podcast, you can find them over on fanholespodcast.blogspot.com. You can direct download all the episodes there. We can be found on Apple Podcasts. We can be streamed on Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Spotify, Amazon Music. And if you would like, we can be found on social media. We appreciate all the likes, hearts, shares, and retweets that we receive. We're on Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Thank you, Derek. So this is Mike saying, (laughs) being 10 feet tall is a fate worse than death. This is Derek. I'm a freak! A freak! Signing off. And this is Justin signing off. Will, will you guys ever wear the Thanos costumes I sew for you? <laughs> <laughs> it, just, it just so happens I sewed you a costume. or something weird like <laughs> not Derek anymore Justin sewed me this costume I'm gonna go buy a shit piece from now on well maybe Hank if he couldn't be a superhero anymore maybe Hank could be like join the NBA or something like <laughs> and Hank Pym scores another one <laughs> like he's really showing what a 10 foot man can do like on the court <laughs> uh <laughs> that that should be a comic. Giant Man versus the Harlem Globe Trotters. Uh, uh, Goliath and Larry Bird team up. <laughs> <laughs> In this issue of Avengers, Goliath and Kareem Abdul Jabbar play a charity <laughs> game. <laughs>